Hello everyone, this is G2 talking to you um, here. Um, before I get into this podcast episode, I want to wish a two I want to wish a farewell condolences to two individuals. One to a Mr. Samuel E. Wright. He was 74 when he passed away. He's famously known for voicing Sebastian the Crab from Disney's uh The Little Mermaid. He was the voice of yeah, he voiced Sebastian the Crab and he sung Under the Sea, which got them, I believe, yes, he got them a Academy Award for Best Original Song. And he played in other uh, films, but he's basically known for that. He died uh, after battling a three-year battle with cancer. And I just want to wish a farewell to him. Uh, he died at 74. And I want to wish a farewell to a Mr. Paul Mooney. He was a comedian whose whole life's work as com- as a comedian was basically to make white people uncomfortable. He died after having a heart attack, and he was at the age of 79. So I want to wish Paul Mooney and Samuel Wright a farewell. I hope that you guys ended up in a nice, good place, and... That's all I got to say about those two guys. If you don't know who Paul Mooney was, look him up. He's a very, very, very funny comedian. He was on the Dave Chappelle show. Uh, He wrote for Richard Pryor. He was able to do a lot of things, but he's most famously known for making white people uncomfortable in his comedy stand-up. And if you don't know uh, Samuel Wright, just look up uh, Sebastian from The Little Mermaid and you'll be able to hear all his uh, sounding voice and you'll be able to understand how great of a person he was apparently he was a tony award winner too so you know he was had to do some broadway and singing so you know he was able to do his thing so yet again i want to wish those two men a farewell and with that being said welcome to my two cents podcast ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages Welcome to my Two Cents Podcast, episode 24, which is entitled... And that soundbite comes from Mad World, Gary Jules. I always heard of the song, but I always heard like the little, well, the little harmony that you guys heard about. But I decided to name this episode that off of these topics that I'm going to get to, but before I get to those topics, I'm going to get into the National Food Days of the Week, and today, May 30th, it is Mint Julep Day, or Julep Day, either way, tomorrow, May 31st, Macaroon Day, June 1st, Hazelnut Cake Day, June 2nd, Rocky Road Day and Rotisserie Chicken Day, June 3rd, Chocolate Macaroon Day, Egg Day, June 4th, Cheese Day, June 5th, Ketchup Day. I'm real surprised that they actually gave a day to catch up. But anyway, um, I just want to list a couple of things that have started to make my mind really question the world that we're living in. Starting off this week, well, this weekend as you're listening to this right now, it has been uh, Memorial Day weekend. And Memorial Day is the celebratory uh, where American holiday where we 
basically observe and just pay tribute to the fallen Americans, men and women that have served in the U.S. military. That is Memorial Day for the whole country as America. But the one thing that really grind my, well, grind my gears, if you will, or just got me upset was May 10th in South Carolina, the state that I live in, we have a Confederate Memorial Day. May 10th, Confederate Memorial Day. Now, it's an official state holiday in Alabama, Mississippi, and South Carolina, and it's also commiserated in Kentucky, Florida, North Carolina, Texas, and Tennessee. I said Confederate <laughs> Memorial Day. Understand? Not Memorial Day like the big national thing that this country serves in we all pay tribute to the fallen men and women that served in the military. No, it's May 10th, Confederate Memorial Day. That's what I sat on until right now. I was waiting until this exact moment, Memorial Day weekend for this. What type of planet do we literally celebrate people that try to keep other people into servitude? What country allows that to happen yes not the whole country like deals with this it goes by state by state basis basically southern state by state basis but that shouldn't even be allowed to happen at all the confederate in history remember this was your history that you taught us wife people and also people can look back because they have ancestors that have told the stories and it's passed on for generation upon generation of how people in the South, more than the North, were completely evil towards their quote-unquote property, regular human beings that they held under servitude to them in the South. And whenever the Civil War broke out, the South were Confederates, and the North were, well, the Americans. And the Americans end up winning, and the South had to bend a knee and give up slaves and now in the south we we applaud the people that fought their lives in the civil war that lost the confederate we we celebrate that down here i can't fathom that idea that we celebrate something of that magnitude i can't do it I couldn't stand it. I couldn't understand it. I don't understand it. This is a mad world that we're living in that I have to bring this up. If you never knew this, trust me, this is the first year I've ever heard about this as well. So you and me are both learning along with it. And I asked my brother while we were in the car, what is Confederate Memorial Day? And he told me what I'm telling you. It is the remembrance of Confederate soldiers that fought in the Civil War. That's what Confederate Memorial Day is. I told my mother, listen here. The South could have not done Confederate Memorial Day. They could have just disguised that under the Memorial Day banner under the actual Memorial Day holiday. If people that celebrate the Confederates were to celebrate the people that fought the fought in their war on Memorial Day you can get a got away with that because Memorial Day is to celebrate the men and women that fought in the military and have died 
and laid their life down to protection of people. They could have straight up disguised the worship of these Confederate people if they just would have did that. But no, southern states, well, select southern states, have decided to make this a national holiday in the South. Well, not a national holiday, but a state holiday. It's stupid to me. I want to get rid of it. I don't want it to go along any further. I really don't. This is this this one topic ties in with my whole mad world thing. Cause all these other topics that I want to get to you is maddening to me. And this topic right here, I really want to get to. It's about Jewish Americans being attacked. Well, they call it uh anti what is it what is it called uh, anti-semitic incidents in america but this i'm about to just read it to you this comes from nbc news and the title is despicable unconscionable un-american biden denounces recent rise in anti-semitic attacks and it reads president joe biden on friday denounced a recent increase in anti-semitic incidents in a statement calling them despicable unconscionable un-American. In the last weeks, our nation has been has seen a series of anti-Semitic attacks targeting and terrorizing American Jews. Biden said, we have seen a brick thrown through a window of a Jewish-owned business in Manhattan, a swastika carved into the door of a synagogue in Salt Lake City, families threatened outside a re restaurant in Los Angeles, and museums in Florida and Alaska, dedicated to celebrating Jewish life and culture and remembering the Holocaust, vandalized with anti-Jewish messages. Biden signed into law earlier this month legislative, well, legislation addressing anti-Asian hate crimes, which have increased during the COVID-19 pandemic, but legislation on anti-Semitic crimes has yet to pass. Several bills have been introduced by lawmakers on the issue from New York to Los Angeles. A growing number of anti-Semitic vandalism, vandalism and other incidents have been reported to the police and shared on social media as deadly fighting escalated over the past several weeks in the Gaza Strip between Israelis and Palestinians. And despite a ceasefire between Israel and the militant group Hamas, a move brokered by the Biden administration and other world leaders, tension continued to flare in the United States as competing pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian demonstrations take place. Mosques in the United States have reported damage in the recent days as well. The Anti-Defamation League, a Jewish civil rights group, said recently that its preliminary research found an increase in online and in-person incidents of anti-Semitism of anti in the United States as the latest fighting between Israel and Hamas continued. What is basically understanding and getting at is that a lot of people have been attacking Jewish culture, Jewish religious people. If you either you grew up in within the uh, Jewish faith or you were born Jewish or you changed over into the Jewish faith, you have been attacked recently. I, yet again, I didn't pay attention to this, one, because I'm doing summer work, and two, I don't really pay attention to the news that much unless I'm on Twitter. And the only reason how I found out that the Jewish community was being attacked so much is become is because of a professional wrestler called MJF who is, works for AEW. He tweeted out that 
he's sick and tired of all the Jewish hate going on. And he says, I'm Jewish, come fight me. I was puzzled by this because in MJF's character, he usually stays in character on Twitter. He's usually a prick or a person that just really like throws off dickhead uh, mannerism and actions on Twitter. He keeps within his professional wrestling character, but whenever he tweeted that out, I always knew that he was Jewish because you could see on his tights he has the star David like hidden in like the tiger, like his uh, lion uh, design on his tights, but I didn't know what he meant by that, and then I start researching it and looking it up, and I, again, I just don't understand where all this hate is coming from. First, it goes down, as usual, with the blacks. We always get hated on. Then it is the Middle East. People in the Middle East that come over here and they're trying to make a good life for themselves, they get hated on. And then it's the uh, Hispanic culture, people coming from across the border trying to make a better life for themselves. They get hate. And then now we're just recently starting to get Asian Americans starting to get hate. And now we're getting the Jewish community getting hate it doesn't make any sense where is all this hate coming from the world is starting to open up where is it has people just been sitting inside the house during this pandemic just starting to research like things that they can hate since they couldn't hate in person through 2020 they had to bottle all that up in 2020 while they were sitting inside the house just steaming and festering what is it it doesn't understand. It doesn't compute to me. I'm a man of logic. I'm a man of thinking order. I'm a man that just thinks about a lot of things. Sorry about the sound. I'm a man that thinks about a lot of things. And it just doesn't make sense. Where did we go wrong as a society that we just started just hating on every single thing? If you're Asian, you're going to get pelted on because COVID-19 came over from a from China and the all from the east over into the west. We're going to start hating on you because the me well I'm not going to even say the media but everybody's worldview is that it came from China and that that this whole virus started from China and came over to America and now people started hating on the Asian community, Asian American community for this. One, they have nothing to do with this whole virus deal where the virus came from because scientists kept on messing around with things and poof, this vaccine came. Not this vaccine, but this whole pan, like this whole virus got made. This is what happens when you mess around with science too much. You want to create something and create something and you end up creating a demise that, for a whole lot of individuals. This is what happens. But the Asian community took a lot of heat for that. And it wasn't, that's not fair. That's not fair to them. They shouldn't have to deal with taking heat from people making this virus. And it's not fair. And then us blacks, we've been taking heat for years upon years, decades upon decades, just off of our skin color. And it's just continuously going and going and going. Yes, Black Lives Matter really took a big jump leap. And it really has tried to like in this whole thing with police brutality killing us but we still got a long way to go with 
just being held on the equal pedestal of every other race, a.k.a. the white race, we still had a long way to go. It's crazy how I had to say that and how that's coming out of my mouth. And it just seems like a natural, casual thing to say. Oh, yeah, we're still fighting to be equal as the whites. That's ridiculous. But that's what Black Lives Matter is for. We're constantly trying to be on the same playing field as the whites. That's just what it is called spade a spade. And now, the well, I'm not, before I drop, jump to the Jewish community, the Hispanic community, every time they get looked at, green card, every time they get looked at, did you jump the border, something of that nature, just hate spewing out instead of saying, hey, you're in America now. Cool. Let's set you up right. Do this. Follow by the books here, and let's see what happens. Yes, look at what they have done to every other single ethnicity that they have done something to in this whole country. And then you can be the judge. You can judge that and make sure and figure out if you want to stay here as your decision. But there's a reason why you jump from Mexico over here to make a better life for yourself. You've seen it in the motion pictures. You've heard it from other people around the world, other people in Different families coming over to America that made a better life for themselves. So that's what they've done. They made their better life over here. And that's why they're trying to be over here. And the same thing goes from everybody from the Middle East that comes over here. They just want to make a better life for themselves. They don't want to deal with bombs going off, people shooting guns, uh, just terrorism going on, and just out of left field. They don't want to do that. That's the reason why they come over here. And they get hated on ever since 9-11. That's disgusting. This country is great, but it has some very, very, very big flaws in it. Very big flaws. And it should start, matter of fact, it does start at the top. Our government leaders, people that are put in the position of power. And this goes right to my perfect uh, next topic right here. From Insider. It comes uh, from... Insider it is the title is called uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene calls Nancy Pelosi mentally ill and compares house mass rules to the Holocaust. This topic right here with this woman, Marjorie Greene, is a two part situation because I'm about to break down into it. This one right here, it both considers the Jewish community basically the Holocaust. And it reads like this from this first uh, article, Marjorie. Marjorie Taylor Greene calls Nancy Pelosi mentally ill and compares the House rules to the Holocaust. As a read from Insider, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene in a Thursday interview expressed her opposition to mask wearing rules at the Capitol and called House, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who has enforced the mandate, mentally ill. This woman is mentally ill, the Georgia Republican told the far-right network Real Americans Voice of Pelosi. Green's criticism came hours after the California California Democrat had reiterated that all House members and staff must continue to wear masks on the floor, except for when speaking. Pelosi said the decision is not a subjective one and that she is following guidance from the Capitol's attending physician. What is this? The honor system? The honor system as to whether somebody's been vaccinated, Pelosi said. Do you want them breathing in your face on the strength of their honor? Green continued to her rant against Pelosi by comparing the mask-wearing 
requirement to the Holocaust. You know, we can look back in a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitively treated like second-class citizens so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany, Green said. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. In response to Green's comments, Jewish lawmakers began to call out her comparison, saying it's inappropriate and condemning her for making it. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, there's more. And this is also coming from Insider right here. And this is from May 28th. And it reads from the title, Marjorie Taylor Greene tripled down on her Holocaust narrative, saying Nazis were the National Socialist Party of their time like the Democrats are now. That's the subject title. And it reads, Representative Major Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia compared Democrats to Nazis during a Thursday rally in her state. She said the media has spent four years calling Republicans Nazis and said the word Nazi was a mean, nasty, dirty word. A few seconds later, she said, you know, Nazis were the National Socialist Party, just like the Democrats are now, a Nationalist Socialist Party. Earlier this week, she compared the identification badges a local grocery store was using to show its employees were vaccinated for COVID-19 to the yellow stars that Nazis forced Jews to wear. Before that, earlier that month, she invoked the Holocaust to criticize house mask wearing requirements. Her comments drew widespread condemnation, including from the GOP House leadership. Sorry, it's not condemnation, it's condemnation. Sorry. But getting to my point here, this Marjorie Green lady has a whole thing with Nazis and comparing them, the Nazis, to what we're dealing with now. Lady, the Nazis killed Jews. This, what we're doing with this mask, this mask isn't killing people at all. Yes, it is aggravating for people to be wearing a mask. Yes, I've heard a lot of people complain and cry and bellyache like a baby about wearing a mask just to cover your face from your breath spewing onto somebody else's face. Listen, it's cool to complain about something. Shoot, that's what the world is all about. We are complainers. Humans are complainers. Cool and fine and dandy. Yeah, sure. But you cannot compare the Holocaust to this. There's no correlation at all. That's no, no, you are out of line. What gives you the right to compare the Holocaust to this? Holocaust were people getting took because they only because they were Jewish. They were getting took and put into these hell hole places. Matter of fact, literal hell on earth. And they were beaten down. They were kicked, bruised. Put into complete servitude to their captors. And they were ultimately killed because, well, the captors got bored of them. And they were, quote unquote, afraid of the Jewish community. How can you be afraid of people that don't do nothing to you? That makes no sense. I'm afraid of that person in the corner because they've done nothing to me. I just have a feeling. No, 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 no. There has to be something that they have done to make you fear them. If they're doing absolutely nothing, how can you fear them? 
there can be a sound of caution, like, okay, this person probably hasn't done nothing, but like, I'm going to err on caution, just be okay. Just be safe and be nice to this person. Or I cannot speak to this person. That's cool and fine and dandy. But whenever you conduct violence into somebody that has done nothing to you, you have now become the aggressor. You cannot say that, oh, I was the victim because I was afraid of him attacking because I because I just don't know. No, you can't you can't do that. You can't do that at all. It makes no sense in the world. That's basically what the Nazis did to the Jewish community. We were afraid. Afraid of what, you idiots? Well, uh, 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 they'll give you some outright stupid answer. But there's no answer in the world that can justify the Holocaust. Like, there's no answer in the world that can justify slavery. There's none. And by the way, Jewish community, I want you guys to be aware of this. You guys, uh, history of the Holocaust... That thing is going to be slowly going to be erased. Like America and some cities and some school systems in America are trying to erase slavery out of their textbooks. You guys are up next because the world don't like to. Uh, what's, what, what's the thing I'm looking for? The world don't like to acknowledge. Wrongdoings towards other human beings. That's the truth. Unless it's like a big national uh, thing that has to end out in all in complete total war. A.K.A. 9-11. America will never forget that one. America won't allow you to forget that. They got a whole thing dedicated to it. 9-11. Never forget. You won't forget that. But slavery. Let's try to keep that in the past. Let's. We got over it. It's been so many years. Nah. Slavery will never, ever be forgotten. You understand me? And Jewish community, I do guys want you guys to remember, I'm telling you this now. They're going to try and take that history of what you guys had to suffer, what your ancestors had to suffer as being Jews and uh, Nazis killing them. History books are going to try to erase that. Watch what I tell you. Be on alert. We as a black community, we didn't know this until we started to really dig into our kids' school books and starting to see Hold on, wait a minute. What, what What do you mean? This is, they're trying to do what? Indentured servitude? No. Indentured servitude is basically this. You work for me until you pay off a loan. That's what they try to say early black civilization in America were. We were indentured servants to people. How were we indentured servants to people that took us from a country of our own not even of our own free will, just basically took us. We were your we were your prisoners. But you're trying to change the word slavery into indigenous servitude. No, that's not the case. I'm just saying, yet again, going back to my kids again. Jewish community, be on the lookout. They're gonna to try to erase your guys' history of being completely almost annihilated because idiots, because of a-holes trying to take you guys out because of their own deep dark fears of the unknown of nothingness be on the lookout and let me get back to this marjorie green lady she is a complete cancerous person in georgia you guys got to get rid of this lady she can't speak for or ever she can't speak for georgia she can't because if that's how georgia is why would anybody want to go to georgia why would any black person want to continue to live in Georgia? Yes, I know Atlanta is the black Hollywood. I understand that. I'm not going to try to downplay that. I understand it. 
But the rest of Georgia needs to understand that this lady doesn't need to speak for you. This Marjorie Green lady, you guys need to get her out of here. Because if she keeps on comparing this mass thing or any type of thing towards the Holocaust or what the Jewish community had to deal with, I'm promising you, it's going to be a problem. Everybody's going to look at Georgia as the big idiots of the country for allowing this lady to continue to speak on y'all behalf. It's not a good look. It's just like whenever we, America, had the laugh at Canada for their last uh, prime minister, the one they got before this guy, prime minister that they had now, the one that was like doing all types of drugs and everything else that was all whacked out. You can do the, you can do your research. Google them. He, America was having a big, big old fun and laughing stock at him. And we were looking at Canada like, this is your guy? In the words of Black Panther, this is your king? This is your king. We're going to look at Georgia like, this is your queen? This is the person that you guys decided to represent you? This. This. Georgia, get her out of there. I'm telling you this as a person that cares about all humanity right now. Get her out of there. She's not going to do you guys any good at all. Constantly comparing something to the Holocaust. And also getting on to get. I want to put my foot on her neck verbally. I am. Physically, I will not because she's a female and I'm a male. If I had another woman to do it, I probably would have her put hands on this lady. Just saying. I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat it and lie to the public. God knows who the God knows who he was supposed to give money to as a millionaire status to. And right now, I ain't on there yet. But when I get there, ooh, a lot of people are in trouble. I'm not saying I'm going to put out any type of things. I'm just saying a lot of people are going to be in trouble whenever they cross me. They're going to be blackballed for real, for real. But getting back to my point with this Marjorie Green lady, she compared this. I just want to read this one more time to you guys so you guys can understand this. She compared the identification badges a local grocery store was using to show its employees were vaccinated for COVID-19 to the yellow stars that Nazis forced Jews to wear. Did you just hear what I said? Nazis forced Jews to wear yellow stars, while in this case, it is of your own free will to get vaccinated. Your own free will. Jews had no free will. Their free will was taken from them by the Nazis. They were forced into wearing something. While this vaccine, you have the free will to take this shot and get vaccinated, or you could not be vaccinated and just go about your life wearing a mask or until we hit about 90% or whatever the case may be and take the mask off just like everybody else and just hope that you don't get COVID-19. Or if you do get COVID, hey, you're, you're not as bad as... Uh, COVID was the first time it came around. Or if you get COVID, hey, nothing happens to you. Or you still got everything. You just get wound up with diagnosis having COVID-19 and you just feel fine. Those are the best case scenarios. Worst case scenario, uh, you get sickly and you die from COVID. And that's about it. But getting back to my point of this, this lady f- just compared that to Jews being forced to wear a star. To let everybody know, okay, this is a Jew. No, this isn't cool. This lady isn't right. Get her out of there. Georgia, get her out of there for your own sakes. Not for mine. I live in South Carolina, bro. I'm going to call you guys idiots every time I see her. And every time she's on the television representing you guys, I'm just going to look at Georgia as idiots for keeping her there. 
get her out. I'm just going to let you guys know that right now. And I want to get to my next topic right here. This comes from Business Insider. And the title of it is, Bill Gates, money manager, reportedly, reportedly told a black employee she lived in the ghetto and made sexual comments about female colleagues. And it reads, Bill Gates and Melinda French Gates, money manager, made racist and sexual comments about employees, a new report from the New York Times found. Former employees of the Cascade Investment told the outlet that Michael Larson showed co-workers photos of naked women, judged female colleagues' attractiveness in front of male employees, and fostered a culture of fear at the firm tasked with growing the Gates' wealth. The report comes as Gates' carefully curated public image continues to unravel in the wake of his divorce from French Gates. When the employee, Stacy Yerbra, told Larson she planned to leave Cascade for another company, Larson shortened that company's stock and told her he had done so despite her. Three people told the Times, a, spokesper a spokesperson for Larson confirmed to the Times that Cascade shortened the stock but said it was done to that it wasn't done despite Yerbra. Sources told the outlet that Larson would call employees stupid and dubbed their work to be garbage. In a statement to the time, Larson said, Years ago, early in my career, I used harsh, ling harsh language that I would not use today. I regret this greatly, but have done a lot of work to change. Two sources told the Times that Larson also made a racist comment towards Yerbra, who was black, after she told him she had voted before coming to work on Election Day 1 November. Larson said, but you live in the ghetto, and everybody knows that black people don't vote, according to the report. Larson, who could not be reached by Insider, denied making the remark and said, and some but not all of the allegations of misconduct, according to the Times. Insider also reached out to a spokesperson for Larson, Chris Giglio, for additional comments on the report. During his tenure... Mr. Larson has managed over 380 people, and there have been fewer than five comp complaints related to him in total. Giglio told the Times any complaint was investigated and treated seriously and fully examined, and none merited Mr. Larson's dismissal, Giglio added per the Times. Cascade opened an internal investigation into Larson's alleged remark to Yerbra and Gates and French Gates spoke with Yerba as part of it, sources told the Times. Larson also once showed female colleague photos of naked women and compared them to the company's head of human resources, according to the report. Separately, a former employee said Larson asked her whether she was stripped from money. Larson denied both incidents to the Times. Okay, I'm okay. that's enough reading this. Listen here. This Larson dude, he has admitted to calling people work stupid and everything else. He's admitted to using harsh language in his past when he first worked there. He's copped up to that. So let's say that he did it. Well, he already said that he did it. So there you go. We have that. Now, with the black people comment that he did to this lady, I could believe he said this. People in the higher upper crust or people that work for the higher upper crust don't have the sensibility training or sensibility common sense wise of word verbiage to really say something disrespectful but say it in a 
complimentary tone. I'll break it to you like this. You know when certain people say, bless your heart, and they use it like, oh my God, I made an F. My God, bless your heart. You can take that bless your heart as one or two ways. One person say, oh my God, I feel so sorry for you. Or the two, somebody say, bless your heart as in, oh my God, get over it. Or they don't care. They just throw out a quick bless your heart. We, the people that don't work for the upper crust, we have the ability to say something foul to somebody, but we say it in a nice, cumbersome way that we can basically sneak jab you with you getting the understanding that we sneak jab you, but we did it in a nice way of doing it. But if you were for the higher upper crust, nah, they ain't going to sneak jab you. They're going to say exactly what's on their mind, no filter, because they believe that they have money, that they are superior to you, which, again, I've stated in an episode before, that's not the case. If you have money, that doesn't mean that you are better than somebody. Nobody's better than any person else. If you have money, if you have more money, if you don't have no money, we are all the same people. It's just the attributes that we have is what makes us different. And this right now, I believe that he probably said something. He probably, he said that. In my personal belief, I believe he said that. Now, I'll be watching... And let me back this up right now. I watch these franchise shows, uh, the Real Housewife shows with my mother. Me and my mom watches these shows. And if you look at Real Housewife of New York City, there is a woman called Ramona. She is like a ditzy blonde older lady. And she has like the attitude and like the personality of Donald Trump. If you remember Donald Trump from his presidency, his presidency phases. If you see how Ramona acts, she's just a female Donald Trump. There it is. Perfect. She, on this season, you have a black woman named Ebony K. Williams. She is up. She's on the show. She's basically educating Ramona of how she's talking down to one of her people that happens to work for her. And Ramona calls her. Uh, the help. She doesn't call Ebony K this. She calls her own worker the help. And Ebony K happens to see this and she has to educate Ramona of how calling somebody the help is a derogatory word and it's not good. She broke it down to her in such a way that I believe that Ramona understood, but I know Ramona's going to make more mistakes and more slip ups because you wonder why. She is of the upper crust echelon i'm around nothing but people with money i'm in this social crowd they say what they want they do what they want because they have money ebony k is trying to teach her the right thing but i'm making the correlations to this guy right here where i'm saying this that black people don't uh you live in the ghetto black people don't vote that has been a negative connotation on black people for so many years before Barack Obama came into office. And then after Barack Obama came into office, black people have been going to the polls constantly. And even before then, black people might have came into the polls before Obama. But whenever Obama came in, we all came out in droves to make sure that he would become the first black president of the United States of America. That's true. That's what happened. Okay. 
But the thing what I'm getting at is this. You can't say that about people. You can't say that about a whole entire race. You can't say black people don't vote. That's stupid. You can't say that all black people eat, eat watermelon. You can't say these things about a race that's simply not true. You can't say that. It's not funny. It's not It's not creative. If you try to be funny, it's cruel. You're not being funny. You're just being straight up cruel, dude. You're not. You're setting up a bad tone for the workplace. And I even got to the worst thing. The worst thing that he did was show other male colleagues photos of naked women and compare them to the head of their HR department, according to a report. So that's allegedly. So I'm about to go off an allegedly base here. This guy was nasty, dude. Yes, dudes are going to have female uh, photos on their phone. That's a, that's a given. Men might not say, oh my God, no, we don't. No, you guys, we've had photos of women. I'm not going to say naked women. That's a complete lie. That's a complete lie to say, oh, every man has had a photo of a naked woman. That's a complete lie on their phone. That's a complete lie. Every man has not had a photo of a female naked on their phone. That's not the, that's not the case at all. But what I will say is that, yet again, he was in a high-stake position at a job. He, he's, he was able to do it. And somebody should have snatched him up and said it, but they were afraid of losing their job. So there you go. You always worry about job security, especially in this market that we're living in now. People are sick and nasty and just out there. And he never said that he did do it. If I'm going back into this article, he never admitted to this. He never admitted that he said this at all. No, he never, he never uh, said this. He, he never, uh, he never admitted to it. He didn't, he denied making, uh, no, no, no. He said he denied we're making the remark about the black people in the situation. But yeah, he denied, yeah, he denied it. He denied uh, both incidences about it. He denied it. It's, it's just sickening to me. It's sick. You can't be doing this as a head, but yet again. In these work environments, people are going to do nasty things. People are going to be nasty individuals. And that's just what it is. People are nasty and wild and sick. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever feel uncomfortable at a job, I don't care how much money he's making you, you got to have your dignity. You got to have your pride. You got to leave out of there. You got to leave. First and foremost, you call HR up and tell HR department. And then if HR doesn't do it, then you get out. Well, if they're saying something to you, but if they're physically touching you, hey, yo, you got to get out of here because they're not going to stop at all. They're not. You got to get out of there. You tell HR about it once you are deciding you're going to leave and have a lawsuit ready because that person is representing the company. So the company was allowing this to happen underneath their nose on their watch. You can sue the company. That's that's I believe you can. Because if a Pepsi truck hits you, you can sue Pepsi because they are giving their truck to a licensed person driving their truck around their brand. So if you can sue Pepsi off of a person hitting you, I'm pretty sure you should be able to sue the company because somebody was touching you underneath their watch under in their office that represents them. So I believe you can. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense right there when you really break it down. But yeah, you should be able to. Begin to it, he's a nasty man that allegedly with the 
showing photos to other male colleagues. He's copped up to saying that he said some bad stuff in his past time, and he's caught and he denied uh, saying the whole black people don't vote deal and you live in the ghetto. But you you said it, dog. It's okay. It's not okay, but we all know you said it. It's you ain't got a lot of us. On to my next topic, and this comes from people, and the, and the subject is ex-college student who left Alabama to join ISIS explains herself and why she wants to come home. When I read this, this was shocking to me. And it reads, six years ago, Hoda Matano was a 20-year-old college student in Alabama who lied to her family about a trip and instead joined the Islamic State in Syria. When she arrived, she was confined to a home for unwed women with marriage to a jihadist, the only way out. She married a succession of groups, fighters, the first of two whom were killed and had a son with one of them. On social media, she celebrated the burning of her U.S. passport and shared thousands of incendiary tweets under the name Um Jihad including writing that America deserves everything it has come into them by Allah. We will terrorize you until you submit to the Sahara and urging others to attack holiday parades. Spill all of their blood, she wrote, or rent a big truck and drive over them. Kill them. Today, two years after she posted that, she said she took her young son and ran away from the Islamic State as it was collapsing under military assault. She is a refugee barred from the country where she grew up with a very different viewpoint of the group she had once so long to join. When you are brainwashed, you don't realize it until you snap out of it. I took everything too fast and too deep, she tells Spanish filmmaker Alba Sutura Kula. In the new documentary, documentary, The Return, Life After ISIS, available to watch through Thursday at the Human Rights Watch Film Festivals in New York. What she experienced in the Islamic State, Hoda, now 26, says in the film, was this horrible way of life that I really regret for the rest of my life and that I wish I could erase. Alba spent a year and a half visiting Roja camp in Syria where Hoda stateless has been in limbo since surrendering to the crudes in early 2019 sleeping in a tent with a dirt floor no phone no money and barely what she needs to care for her four-year-old son hoda who's being held by crudish authorities is far from alone she lives in the camp along with roughly 1500 women and children from more than 50 countries there are other camps housing thousands of, thousands of other women and children. After the Islamic State fell, various governments have had to weigh what do, what to do with their citizens, men and women alike, who joined the group's rankings. Some 300 Americans tried or were successful in joining militants in Syria. Their cases have drawn international attention and much discussion, especially those like Hoda, who now plead manipulation and seek forgiveness from their record of betrayal. I was not part of any type of 
Jihad. Never shot a gun, never used any weapons or anything, Hoda said in 2019. I'm not sympathetic. These women had agency. They weren't stupid. Terrorism expert Max Abrams of Northeastern University told people that same year they knew exactly what the Islamic State was all about. It was notorious for flaunting violence over social media. We'll probably never know her full range of activities, Abrams said then. Speaking with NBC News in 2019, Hoda said she knew that if she were allowed to return to her home country, of course I would be given jail time. But she said, I prefer America than anywhere else. Some other Americans have been returned to the U.S. to face charges, but the U.S. government is not interested in Hoda. Citing the convulsions of diplomatic law, her father is a former Yemen diplomat. They say she was never a citizen despite being born in New, York, New Jersey and raised in Birmingham. The government says her passport, revoked under the Obama administration, was issued in error. Her family has fought an as yet unsuccessful legal battle to bring her back to the U.S. clean to the hope that, her, that an ever higher court will side with them and that she and her son will be allowed to go home is not looking lightly. I don't get the heartstrings deal. Then Security of State Mike Pompeo said in 2019, This is a woman who inflicted enormous risk on American soldiers, American citizens. She's a terrorist. She's not coming back to her country to pose a threat. Okay, that's where I'm ending this thing. I get that we as American citizens, we have, we're afraid of people that will obviously post something on the internet and want to cause harm to America. Yes, we get it. We get it. I get it. All right. But this is where I my butt kicks in. This is where my mother's side of my humanity comes in. She made a mistake. She was 19 years old, I believe. If I go back to this. No, she was 20. I'm sorry. She was 20 years old when she made that decision to go over there in Syria. She was 20 when she decided to tell her parents she was just going to a trip but join <laughs> ISIS she was 20 she has had a child since then she's been able to snap out of it and realize what type of terrible mistake she has made we need to find it within ourselves to give her the opportunity to come back yes she already understands that she's going to be facing jail time when she comes back or if she is given the opportunity to come back she knows that she has accepted going to jail, a.k.a. meaning she is going to be not spending time with her son. She has already accepted that. She understands she's going to be separated from her son. She's going to be in a place locked down by people that don't like people from the Middle East, a.k.a. American citizens. She understands that guards are going to be terrorizing her. I'm pretty sure she understands that, too. But she would still rather come to America and deal all of that than to be in that hell over there with her son. We got to bring her back over here. You got to let her back. You got to. It's called having a soul. It's called having forgiveness in your heart. You got to have that for this woman. Yes, you lean on the side of caution as she's in there. Yes, if you want to take precaution measurements and just keep an extra eye on her. Yes, you can do that. Fine. The American government does that every day with every citizen that they feel that there's a big threat 
that they that they feel that there's a threat, they put extra eyes on them. If you don't believe me, you can check it out somewhere else. Believe me, there's eyes on special people in America because certain American citizens feel no, not certain certain American citizens, certain American agencies feel that they are a problem towards the American public. If you don't believe what I'm saying, you can go and watch the film Judas and the Black Messiah. That whole movie was about taking out a man, Fred Hampton, that was being under the FBI's watch list because he was trying to put people together to take to just be on a uprising and try to get better for the American people in Chicago. If you never watched Judas and the Black Messiah, I suggest you watch it. It's a great story about the rise and demise of Fred Hampton. Trust me, watch it. You're going to feel upset. You're going to feel very, very upset at the end of the movie, but you're going to understand who Fred Hampton was. You're going to understand the mission that he was on. You're going to understand a lot about the FBI, CIA. I can't remember which one, but once you watch the movie, you'll understand. But it's all about the American government feeling threatened by a person or a complete entire entity within itself. And with this woman, she has a child. She wants to come back. She is an American-born citizen. You can say, well, whatever you want. If you're born in America, guess what? You're an American citizen. It doesn't matter how you want to slice it or dice it. That's the truth. That's just what it is. So she's an American citizen, and the American, the people above us, the people that are making the laws, the people that are in Washington, they need to bring this woman back here. Yes, she knows she's going to serve jail time. Just give it to her so she can be done with it, so she can be reunited with her family and her child. That's what she wants. Just do that, please. That's what I want you to do. And to my Final topic of the day. I want to bring this to you. And this is coming from NPR. And the title reads, Fired after calling 911 on a black bird watcher. Amy Cooper sues for discrimination. Now, if you don't know who Amy Cooper is, this is the white woman that called the police on a black man in New York City. And she was with her dog. And she was saying that this man was threatening her and her dog. And he is recording this right on his video camera. You could see from the recording that he's not threatening her. He's not doing none of that. And she's making up a false police report. Now she is suing for discrimination from her job. And I'm just going to read you the uh, article from NPR. As it reads, Amy Cooper, a white New York woman who called police on a black bird watcher in Central Park last Memorial Day, is suing the company that swiftly fired her over the controversial incident. We do not tolerate racism of any kind at Franklin Templeton. Yeah, Franklin Templeton. The investment firm said the day after the incident, it said it had completed an internal review and decided to terminate her effective immediately. Amy Cooper filed a federal lawsuit this week against Franklin Templeton, saying the company never investigated the incident that led to her firing. The confrontation between her and Christian Cooper, her lawsuit claims that her employer discriminated against her because of her race and gender. Much of the encounter was 
captured on video by Christian Cooper, who was not related to Amy Cooper. After she said, he asked her to put a leash on her dog to comply with the rules in the area in that area of the park. The video, which went viral, shows Amy Cooper calling the police. I'm in the rumble, and there's a man, African man. He's got a bicycle helmet. He's recording me and threatening me and my dog, she told the emergency dispatcher. The bird watcher does not appear to come closer to her and remains calm as Amy Cooper grows agitated and starts to scream. I'm sorry, I can't hear. Are you there? I'm being threatened by a man in the rumble. Please send the cops immediately. He was not threatening her in the video. Christian Cooper told NPR afterwards that what the woman did was pretty crappy without a doubt. He added, I'm not sure that her one minute of poor decision making, bad judgment, and without question, racist response necessary, necessarily has to define her completely. Amy Cooper's lawsuit states that she did not call the police because she was racist, but because she was alone in the park and frightened to death after being selected as the next target of Christian Cooper, an overzealous bird watcher engaged in Central Park's ongoing feud between bird watcher and dog owners. She is seeking back pay and bonus, loss of unvested funds and other benefits, front pay or re installments, emotional distress damages, attorney fees and costs, and interest in punitive damage in an amount to be determined at trial. Franklin Templeton maintains that the company did the right thing in firing Cooper. We believe the circumstances of the situation speak for themselves and that the company responded appropriately. The company told NPR in an email statement, We will defend against those baseless claims. Amy Cooper Amy Cooper also faced a misdemeanor charge of falsely reporting an incident to the police. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office dropped the charge after she completed restorative justice sessions. That's all for NPR. And I'm about to squeeze down that whole big size article into this small nugget here. This white woman is suing her company because she was sought out in a video. She was pointed out and doing something wrong and she got fired from it. That is what she's crying wolf about, and now she has mental problems and suicidal thoughts because of her being fired over this video. Listen here. You cannot claim that you have suicidal tendencies after you made the call, after you were on video being recorded, making the call to police about a false accusation to a black man, which led to you being straight up one charge with misdemeanor and two losing your job you can't cry wolf over that no 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 baby girl no 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 poor white sally may no poor white karen with not even the good hair with the crappy hair choking the dog out jesus listen here karen listen here susan you cannot do that that's not where do people think they get the right to make these type of calls and make these type of lawsuits? I mean, where a judge of any court, I don't care what any state, should throw this lawsuit out. It is frivolous. You have everything. A company has everything it needs to really fire a person because of this. If you could fire, if a person in the NBA... 
okay, can fire somebody for sexual misconduct or sexual harassment, they can get fired because of that. This woman can get fired for a false police report that could have harmed a black man, especially after everything that's been going down last year in 2020 that was going down in 2020 whenever this woman reported this type of call. And she knew what she was doing. She's saying that this black man was threatening her. She knew what was going to happen. And even if he wasn't black and he was white, you're still making a false accusation on this man. Or this person. It could have been a, another gender. It doesn't matter. You're making a false accusation. Okay? And let me go back to the grace that this black man, Christian Cooper, had. He said, point blank, I'm not sure that her one minute of poor decision making, bad judgment, and without question, racist response necessarily has to define her completely. He is shooting her bail. He is giving her mercy. He could have said, yes, this B was a complete butthole. She should be, you guys should try to string her out there to dry. Let her be the example for everybody that tries to make a false police report on a black person. He could have said everything. He could have called her everything along the books except for the child of God. He could have easily have done that, but he decided to go to Hyrule and said that this one mistake shouldn't define who she is. I can't do that. I don't know another black person that will be, well, there's probably some other black people, but just in this whole situation, I can't see this as a situation of him, him, him giving his mercy to this woman. He should have, he should have straight up verbally assaulted her. The way that she was trying to have him be physically assaulted by an officer if he would have been there. That's what should have happened. But since we're here now, and she's trying to sue her former employer for this, I believe a court's going to throw this out and say, how dare you try to waste our time with this? You are the exact same woman that tried to do a cause harm to another man without no regards or anything because you were quote unquote afraid. Let me let me get off of Amy Cooper for a minute. Matter of fact, no, let me say I'm Amy Cooper, Amy Cooper, and I want to speak to something in a minute after this. Amy Cooper, you're not going to get nothing. I believe a law, the year lawsuit is going to get thrown out. I believe any court that sees this lawsuit is going to throw it out and say she has no legal ground to stand on. She got fired because she made an accusation and this company was within their rights to fire you. And if this, and if any courtroom, any judge decides to take this case and really take it and let this court, let this case go out, you are a complete joke. You are pathetic. This whole thing has no grounds. There's no legal grounds for it. She is a complete joke. And you are a joke if you allow this lawsuit to happen. Now getting off of Amy Cooper, you're a joke. Now, white people, you guys got to start holding each other accountable for whenever things like this happen. You guys can't allow other people mess up what you guys are doing. You understand? You can't allow people within your own community to try to mess up what you guys are doing as a whole. There's a lot of you trying to be allies to the LGBT community. There's a lot of you trying to be allies to the black community. There's a lot of you trying to be allies to other communities that are not like you, that are not white. There are everything else. I respect it. I hear you. 
love what you're doing. But whenever somebody is of your community doing wrong, you guys got to call them out and straight up string them out to the side and say, this person is not like us. The same way we in the black community, we do that a lot. And we still get crapped on for it. All you blacks are the same. Now, as you can see, we have gotten Bill Cosby out of here. We've gotten R. Kelly out of here. Even though R. Kelly has done a lot of nasty things. And yes, he's made a lot of great songs. And people still might play them to this day, but they can't say it in public. But we've gotten R. Kelly out of here. We've gotten a lot of people out of here. But somehow, some way, you white folks allow certain nasty individuals stay within your bubble of relevancy. And you guys all know that they were nasty, nasty without it being publicized. R. Kelly was publicized being a nasty, creepy person. And we were able to distance ourselves from him and give him mad years to see if he changed himself. And then poof, he came out. And then the whole documentary with the survivor R. Kelly came out. And then he got brought back up again. And then poof, he's in jail now. Harvey Weinstein, he got popped because of uh, actress coming out. And then a lot of stories start coming out. And then poof, white people, you guys got him out of there. Respectfully, I respect it. But that was had to happen all at one exact time. It wasn't, okay, you exposed him. He waited a couple years and then poof, he's put back on the spot again. Just like R. Kelly. No, you guys did it all at one time. And you got them all out of there. I expect you to do that with every white person that makes a false uh, accusation towards somebody that's not like them. Whether it's a person that's black, a person that's Asian, a person that's Hispanic, a person that's Middle Eastern. I need you guys to hold this person accountable for their nastiness that they're trying to inflict onto somebody else. That's one. And two, continue to help out somebody that's not like you. Continue to help out the other race that's not like you. Continue that. You guys want us, you guys want every other race to believe that there's only one race, the human race. Well, guess what? You guys got to lead that way. You guys got to lead it. You guys have to join in on every single march that we have. You guys got to join in on every single thing that we do. If we're trying to be on the same equal playing field as you, you guys got to support it. I know it's going to be hard for you guys to do that because you guys are on the top of the deck and nobody else, nobody would want somebody else to be on the top deck with them. If they know they're always going to win at the end. Everybody likes to be the winner. Nobody likes to be the loser. That's, that's a, that is what it is. The fact of life. That's true. In Monopoly, you want to own the whole board. To make people pay you out. To make them go bankrupt and broke. That's all Monopoly is about. In War, you want to take all the cards. Until that person is down to their last penny card. And take that card. That's what... This whole thing is all about winning. But for you guys to say that there's only one race, the human race, you guys got to lead the charge with that. You guys got to be at every single rally that every other race is holding whenever they are not being on the equal playing field of you. Whenever a black is being on the smaller, lower in the totem pole, you guys got to be there to help us get back the equal playing field of you. That's what you guys got to do if you want us to believe that there's only one race. And that's the truth. 
And I'll end it with that. This has been more of a learning situation for people that don't understand that this is a mad world that we're living in. And for us to change this mad world, we guys got we all got to find it within ourselves some compassion and humility. Not hum we got to find it some compassion and humility within ourselves to help each other out so we can go farther for our children to go farther for our children's children to go farther. And for one day, really, legitimately one day, there is no such thing as racism. There is no such thing as, oh, this person is uh, black and I'm dating a white boy or white girl or vice versa. No, we're just dating who we date. We love who we love. And that's about it. We are slowly getting to that point. But, hey, I want to try to accelerate that. I want to try to get there faster. I want to be able to see this with my own eyes before I'm dead and going out of this world. That's what I want to see. So I know that my people, when I'm gone, is good. It's clear for them. They can love who they love. They can be who they be. They can do whatever they want without no type of judgment or any type of fear of anything in this life. That's what I want. But that has been me. Let me give you my social media handles where you can reach me at on Twitter. It's at my2podcast. On Instagram, it's my2centspodcastg2. And for any business inquiries, it's my2centspod at yahoo.com. And remember, you don't put the TWO in these. You actually just put the number two with these all these social media tags. And with that, this has been my 2 Cents Podcast G2. I want to thank you for listening to this. I hope you gained some information and some knowledge out of this. That's what I'm trying to spread with this uh, podcast on Sundays. I try to spread some knowledge and I try to spread some type of funniness when I do have some funny quirks to say. But I believe this one was all about knowledge. So I hope you guys got something out of this. And tomorrow I will be dropping my wrestling podcast in the morning. I will be covering wrestling highlights that happened from last Monday night last Monday to all the way to tonight's double or nothing pay-per-view. I'll be giving out the results to that as well. So be on the lookout for that tomorrow morning, Monday morning. All right. There's, we're still approaching the light at the end of this tunnel. Continue to wear your mask. Even if you got vaccinated, continue to wear your mask. Cause you don't know who has been vaccinated, who, and who hasn't been vaccinated. Unless they honest to God tell you that they've been vaccinated, they actually can show a photo of their cart, or they can honest to God tell you that, hey, yo, I haven't been vaccinated, and I just want to let you know that. But still, wear your mask, even if you got vaccinated. Do all the safety precautions until it has been, well, a good 90% that the CDC tells you that everybody's been uh, vaccinated until it hits that 90% uh, threshold. But until then, wear your mask. Stay within a six feet distance radiance area and just try to enjoy your week. Try to enjoy your day. And with that, this has been my two cents podcast G2. I thank you. And I want you guys to have a great day and a great rest of your week. You guys will be hearing from me tomorrow. If you listen to the wrestling podcast, uh, you guys will be hearing from me tomorrow. But if you do not, you guys will be hearing from me next Sunday. Uh, and with that. I bid you guys a farewell. Bye-bye. Adios. Until you hear from this lovely voice next time, this has been My Two Sisters Podcast G2. I'm tired. You tired. Uh -huh. Jesus uh -huh.